more than ever, we need responsible entrepreneurship. Can you explain a little bit in your own words, what do you mean by responsible entrepreneurship? Well, responsible entrepreneurship is just being a term which has been created here in, in Germany or at least in Europe as a value-driven entrepreneurship. Yes, so it is just based on, 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 this, uh, on the sustainability, which means, okay, to replace um, um, things, to maintain systems. Welcome to another episode of the ICSV Imagine podcast, the most beautiful place on earth. In this episode, Dr. Terabishi chats with Professor Hartmann Meyer, who teaches business administration and entrepreneurship at FOM in Germany. Mr. Meyer is also part of the ICSB family through directing the ICSB Germany Knowledge Hub. Some topics of interest in this episode just show how interconnected the world really is. Even during a tragedy like war, it can lead to various different entrepreneurial innovations, both militarily and economically. Also, the impact of war on other countries, immigration, and creativity and strategy for businesses during these challenging times. We also touch on the innovation on technology, such as drones, artificial driving, 3D printing, as well as the role and importance of responsible entrepreneurship and much more. We are pleased to have Professor Harmit Meyer on the ICSB Imagine podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. So this was just a very brief minute, and now I'm happy for your questions. Harmit, exceptional job, really well done, very comprehensive. You captured a lot of key points here. I'm going to start off with some questions, but I also would like to ask the um, the audience, the participants here, to put their questions in the chat section as well. And I'll try to address him here as well. You know, war, Hartman, is never good. You know, war kills people, kills innocent lives, and destroys economies, uh, destroys people's futures. And what we're experiencing here with war is the effects that's going to be impacting generations to come here. And um, And we all know this. We've heard, we've learned it from history so many times that there's no good thing coming out of any war here. And at the same time, as, as you mentioned in your slides here, war um, creates different types of innovations, uh, both militarily, but also economically here. I want to focus a little bit on, on the innovations that are coming out of you know, wars in terms of the economy here. If you can share some examples of things you project to see that potentially can come out of this, that might be helpful to humanity, even though it's the worst time of okay, humanity as we speak. Biggest at the moment, which is just coming up, is our drones. And so it's this will be more automatic driving in, in these things because the drones are now the most powerful weapon and for defense in the Ukraine. And this is what Russia didn't expect. So we just come a lot of up with uh, mobility of drones, artificial driving, which uh, come up because the advantage of wars is that uh, you can test things very quicker and easier because a lot of administrative and regulative bans we have here in Germany or in Europe are just uh, underpinned. And so these uh, machines and uh, this technology can be tested uh, quicker. And this is just the advantage during war times. And that's what it makes it the development quicker. And in the end, it's just then um, uh, can be used then later on 
for commercial use. And I think here we will find a very big, uh, yeah, a shift, a very big uh, difference in when, when, once the war is open, over, and also a number of innovations in this. Area. So, so drones can we can see a, a, a positive commercial use for drones in the future, and and I agree with this. And I can I can tell you personally here that there are areas, both in the United States and and worldwide, that are rural that are, do not have access to what's what the stores or or the providers can provide in cities, and small or big. But drones can be a solution to those living in the suburbs or out and about that takes a long time to get what they need here. Drones can be a nice way of getting them the products and services that, that is needed. Let me give you an example. You mentioned drones, which I can think of. Imagine um, a family that is living, you know, uh, 10, 12 miles away from the closest pharmacy, okay? And, and, and at night, one of the kids gets a fever, right? And technically what should happen is that They'll have to drive there. The pharmacy may be open or not open, but yet with drones, you, they can actually get the medicine quicker and faster because of that delivery system, especially if the roads are not well paved or dark at night. So drones can be a positive thing. What about what other example you can think of? I think drones of 3D production. So for example, either in food or also in machinery or uh, spare parts. So where we find here as well, okay, also the military weapons, a lot of spare parts and other things are produced in 3D models. And this I think will just increase as well, a high so that production will be just being led down to local uh, and, and industries, local enterprises, and this will be changing quite a bit. And so this yeah. is what next type of things. Uh, yes, absolutely, 3D production as well. Let's talk a little bit about how do you see, you know, after war, how do you see the entrepreneurship research evolving in terms of, you know, what we just experienced with war? How do you see entrepreneurship research pivoting or looking into war as a means of more research that will can help society and humanity. Okay, the research, uh, entrepreneurship research will just being done of course, as I said, okay, resilience. Yes, how we need to rebuild our ecosystem. Maybe have to rethink as well about uh, what we are expecting from our business model as well about the management. Because here, as, as I said earlier, yeah, we were talking a lot of time about stock taking. Stocks were just threatened in recent manager literature as poison. Yeah, now, okay, we just come back to old-fashioned uh, management. So we take up stock because it's just ma making more safer. The, the next bit is certainly uh, about energy. And then this is just means, then, okay, also value-driven. Because we have got here now two systems and two values just coming up. Yeah, And this is just... Um, also driven. So what we want to do in our social bias values, in particular also environmental values to, to maintain sustainability, to, to maintain um, energy uh, to, in this one here. These are one of the major economic uh, challenges and this will also guide us 
in, in entrepreneurship here. Yeah. Also trade patterns, how we can redesign and design trade patterns and globalization and the collaboration of entrepreneurship and small business. Yes. And this means also what is the role of international institutions to support uh, uh, entrepreneurship into many countries is one of other issues we need to talk about it. But particular okay with what we said here is this is responsibility uh, to make our systems resilient and stable. And that's what I discovered as well here, in a lot of discussions with my students here, because they were just thinking about it because we just neglected now areas, yes, which they just uh, fearing quite well. It's about the climate change at the moment and as well, as a big threat of developing countries. And we need, need also to focus uh, not to, or to lose an eye on these issues. Excellent, excellent answer. I'm gonna open it up for other questions. If you have any other questions, just please put them into the chat section here and we'll answer in here. Um, Hartman, one thing that's happening here that we talked about that's war that's happening in there, but there's a lot of immig immigration you know, almost, I think, 4 million people went out of Ukraine and went to other countries as well. You know, that changes the ecosystems of these other countries as well, because those people that are that are going there are highly skilled labor, are, are you know, are, are doctors, are engineers, are, are entrepreneurs as well. What's, what's your thoughts about those people going to the other countries? Even though if it's a short period of time, there's still an impact that will happen to these economies as well. Okay, first of all, we have a TS1, particularly in the healthcare system. They just keep um, um, solve in a way our labor uh, shortages, and there are high investments and the high initiatives also by most of the companies at the moment to make some stay here, so to allow them to stay here, so that they just can um, can uh, work for for long term here. And this is just now the big danger because if you want to have in the end of the world to rebuild the Ukraine, yeah. They won't have all, they're missing out this skilled labor and they just won't return uh, in, not for, for instance, because they haven't got any living environment. They have got no safety, no medicine, no schools and everything, no universities. Yeah. So there's a high, um, yes, for, for us, it's maybe if you just place it correctly. Uh, a very big chance for Germany, France, and most of the European countries, or Poland, to stay there. But this is just now the big problem on uh, long-term problem for the Ukraine to get those people back, these leading people, the thinking people. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. I only hear the the wives and daughters and the children, because um, the men are still fighting in in their home countries. But uh, one day if the war is ending and we're still thinking here in Europe that it will come to an end a few times. Okay, however, these peace negotiations and uh, taken forward in, in Turkey. But um, they, they, then the fathers will join their, their wives and kids here in Germany or the other European countries. They won't return. Yeah, if you see the pictures of these cities, they are just gone. There's nothing. And this yeah. will take many years to rebuild the state, to, to, to motivate those people also return to, to, to their country. Yeah. yeah. 
You, you mentioned in your presentation earlier, and you talked about it a couple of times here, the term responsible entrepreneurship. Okay. Yeah. I, wanna, I want to talk a little bit about this because more than ever, we need responsible entrepreneurship. Can you explain a little bit in your own words, what do you mean by responsible entrepreneurship? Well, responsible entrepreneurship is just being a term which has been created here in, in Germany or at least in Europe as a value-driven entrepreneurship. Yes, so it is just based on, 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 this, uh, on the sustainability, which means, okay, to replace um, um, things, to maintain systems into uh, to this one here. So it is just that doesn't mean to use resources only for own profit making income generation, but also to think a step further, what I will do in the end take of the society and what will may one day I will give back to the society, so that our kids and the next generation still have also resource to live on, to have a world to live on. And so that means it fair. And this old picture has been replaced, uh, coming down also from uh, the honorable businessman. And this was a, a streamline which just came down also to the social economic um, system, which just means also a fair competition to this one here, competition on, uh, on, on, on performance, a competition on, on, on um, um, performance and a competition on um, yeah, just missing the word, it, it doesn't matter. And mm -hmm. uh, this was just, uh, uh, we lost the focus on this. So it was just too much quick growth, quick profit uh, maximization. And this is just uh, being done. So what I will give back to the society, what will be the benefit of my entrepreneurial activities also of the society? So it's just, okay, the exchange of the society, which just focuses uh, in, in, the, in the activities rather than on the pure income generation. And this is what, what uh, drives a lot of people here in Germany or in, in Europe. I think I think it's a it's a great concept. I think it's it's much needed today than ever, and for us to be responsible and and responsible in many things, you know, including trying to end these conflicts, but also we have to be responsible for the planet, for the climate, for diversity and equity, you know, and 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 so many things that are that are pressing us from everywhere here. And it, it takes all of us to come together. I, I want to leave the last comments to you here. As, as we move forward, and hopefully this ends soon here, right? What, what is one of the two main uh, lessons you may say or, or insights that you can take from war and entrepreneurship? I know you started uh, this conversation with me and a month or so ago said that we need to look into this and, and, and do a webinar and then we wrote an article on it. But... What's your thought? What's your insight on this as we move forward? We just move forward that all of a sudden, okay, the entrepreneurial spirit is just coming up so quickly. We were just uh, here in Europe as well, we're fading away. We were discussing too many minors. We lost the, the focus on the main thing. And all of a sudden, yeah, the main thing were coming back. And this was, okay, 
we just need to have a safe world. Also the importance of the European Union is just coming back. Because I happen to be also president of a twin town between Germany and France. And all of us, and this was also something which just yeah, faded away. The gist out of it faded away. When all of a sudden people just thought, now the European Union and the European idea is one of the biggest and best ideas we ever had. Yeah. So why they didn't do it here also in Russia? They, they wanted to form a former Soviet Union. So why we just they just built up something similar of a common market in the Eastern Europe? This was just the idea. So um, and the reunification and the, the driving forces of European Union. This is just very very strong. And all of a sudden, yeah. People also, all the nations just worked very, very closely together. Also the alliance between Europe and US and so on. All of a sudden it went down to one string. Yeah, We didn't have it for years. Yes, and now we have clear voices. And this is just what uh, astonished me at the moment. I, I agree. I, mean, I agree that we sometimes lose focus on the most important things. And maybe, maybe one good thing that comes out of this horrible uh, events that are happening is that we reprioritize what we should be focusing on. And with that, uh, Hartman, this has been a wonderful um, both webinar and podcast here. We'll be sharing it with all of the ICSB network worldwide here. I want to personally thank you for your time and, and dedication putting these slides together. And then I look forward to seeing you soon, I guess, as well. And also we, will, we want to welcome you to Washington, D.C. for the ICSB World Congress. Thank you yes, so much for your you, time Mark. today. Thank you very much. And thank you much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this topic. It was a hard ah, ah, Thank you. Wonderful. Bye, Hartman. Bye, bye. Stay tuned for a quick introduction of Dr. Terabishi and the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. Dr. Ayman L. Terabishi is currently the president and CEO of the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. ICSB it was founded in 1955. It is the oldest and largest nonprofit organization represented in 195 countries that is dedicated to supporting micro, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. Dr. El Terabishi currently holds the deputy chairperson at the Department of Management at the George Washington School of Business. He is the only faculty member in George Washington that lectures in nationally ranked programs. In 2021, he was voted as the best online faculty at the George Washington School of Business. Dr. El Terabishi also held the most outstanding faculty member award for five consecutive years from 2010 to 2015. Remembered as one of his most outstanding achievements, Dr. El Terabishi played a central role in creating and promoting the United Nations Micro, Small, and Medium-Sized Enterprises MSMEs Day. With his novel idea, Dr. El Terabishi managed to work closely with the permanent mission of Argentina to propose a resolution to dedicate a United Nations International Name Day to MSMEs. Approved by the United Nations General Assembly, the proposal was presented by the permanent mission of Argentina and 54 countries. Thus, 5.5 billion people acted as co-signers of this resolution.
From that day forward, June 27th has been recognized as the official UN MSME Day. Founded in 1955, the International Council for Small Business ICSB was the first international membership organization to promote the growth and development of small businesses worldwide. The organization brings together educators, researchers, policymakers, and practitioners from around the world to share knowledge and expertise in their respective fields through publications, programs, workshops, training sessions, and certifications. ICSP is the originator of the United Nations resolution to create an international name day dedicated to micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises on June 27th, MSME's day. The ICSB's premier world congress is held every June around the world and brings together leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs. For more information on the International Council for Small Business, check out our social media pages. It will be linked in the show notes, the podcast description below. Our email at media at icsb.org. Check out our website at icsb.org. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you and stay safe out there. Thank you.